before they come, um, I want to read just a couple things. We had our men's conference here just this last week or so. There's a couple notes that I want to read very quickly just to let you know how important it is and, and the impact that it made in so many lives. Uh, first of all, I received a letter from uh, Pastor Lovett uh, right here at Graham Road Baptist down here in Stowe. And he says, uh, thank you for the invitation to your men of uh, men of valor conference and allowing myself and the men of our church to attend. It was a blessing hearing such great preaching as well as the encouragement uh, it brought to the men of our church. All the messages were truly very inspiring and challenging. You and the folks at CBT did a wonderful job preparing and hosting the conference. Once again, thank you for the invitation. I look forward to continued fellowship with you and your church in the future. Then we have another one here from uh, uh, Pastor Towell. Again, he's a new pastor in Niles, Ohio. He writes, greetings to you from Niles, Ohio. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for such a fine men's conference this year. I've attended the last several, but this was my first as a pastor, and it was exceptional. I am uncertain as if you met the men that I brought, but it was my four deacons. They had not gone to conferences in the past, so I was slightly apprehensive as to what the reaction would be. I'll tell you that this feeling was quickly gone as they loved every bit of the meeting. The music, the preaching, and the skits, and most of all, the spirit of the conference. They quickly noticed that there was much prayer put into this, and we know that this, is, uh, that this needed to be first and foremost. I'm also glad that a fellow graduate of NBC is doing a great job in Akron. With my uh, being a new pastor of a small church, I am certain you know the struggles that go along with that. Seeing you and your work is an encouragement to me. If I can ever be a help to you in any way, please do not hesitate to let me know. Again, he saw what God's doing here at Community Baptist, and that encourages him as a pastor. And, boy, it encouraged his men. I just want to let you know, if you, uh, as you were praying for the men's conference, uh, and as uh, many of you men attended even, uh, that it made a difference and an impact in lives. And, again, just wanted you to hear just some of the responses that we've received uh, from other pastors and churches as a result of our men's conference. So continue to pray. Anytime we have things like that, it's so that we can be a blessing to others. And, obviously, indeed we were. All right. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand But I know who holds tomorrow And I know who holds my hand I don't know about tomorrow I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine, for its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry o'er the future, for I know what Jesus said. And today. I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. I don't
Sing it. It may bring me poverty, but the one who feeds the sparrow is the one who stands by me. And the path that is my portion may be through the flame or flood, but his presence goes before me, and I'm covered in his blood. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Well, again, we are certainly honored to have with us Brother Ricky Moon, and he is on staff down at Shawnee Baptist Temple in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, he's doing a fine job there, and their church is moving right along, and God's blessing them, and we're certainly excited to have him. He's been involved in their camp out there where we've taken our young people for a number of years. He's involved, was involved with the college there and still is to this point, and we're just excited about just the influence and the impact that he has had on so many of our young people through the years. As a matter of fact, uh, Brad and Joshua uh, graduated from there. Taylor was down at that school as well. And we've had a number of young people that have gone down there and have been influenced by that ministry and by this particular man. And uh, we are so thrilled to have him here. I, I'll tell you, as a dad, it did me well to know who my children and my, my, my son, at least, and now I'm a son-in-law, <laughs> I go figure, but anyway, <clears throat> was uh, how they were being impacted and, and knowing who was involved in their lives. And I'll tell you what, this is a man of character. And this is a man of principle, and he's going to be a blessing as he preaches the Word of God. Open your ears. And I, I trust already, you've already made plans on coming back tonight and throughout the week. I trust you have. I really do. But if you haven't, i got to believe before the end of the service, you'll wish you had, and you'll make some plans then, and you'll say, let's just cancel everything. We're going to be in God's house. Brother Moon, why don't you come preach for us, would you? Thank you, Pastor. All right, good. Am I turned on now? The guy, I said, now, fellas, you, you, you heard about the pastor that had one of these on, and he left it on, went to the restroom. And everybody knew he was in the restroom in the auditorium. They handed it to him, and I said, now, you, you, they said, you don't do anything. I said, so you're going to have it turned off, right? I sit down over there and say, amen, and I'm on, and the preacher's not on. <laughs> you, you, these guys, you can't trust them as far as you can throw them, and I can't even pick them up. Anyway, man, it's great to be here. Great to be here. I tried to bring some warm weather with me. To here. I don't know if it'll accomplish it or not. I tried. Uh, we, uh, yeah, let's see, it was Tuesday or Wednesday. We had 70 something degrees weather. And, uh, but that's all right. It went away. Uh, <laughs> uh, Friday night, we had night, in the Saturday morning, I got it, it was 19 degrees. So, at night, you can never tell in that Louisville area what you're going to get in that Ohio Valley area. 
except for a sick. That's about all you can count on getting. You can't count on what the weather's going to be. But uh, forgive me, my voice is a little raspy. I, I came down with something. Uh, I, we've had it going through the church, I guess. A lot of folks have had it. And uh, I don't know if I had what they have, but I've had some portion of it and was sick Thursday and Friday all day. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, I'll try to uh, not be too raspy. I hope it's not, uh, it's not annoying to you. Uh, if it's annoying to Brad, I wouldn't give a rip, but that's different. <laughs> I'm going to tell him this tonight. I wrote a note here if I can find it. He gets up here and makes a statement when he's showing this about, and for his team, you never make the pastor look bad when you're an assistant, fellas. That's dumb. Look, you want to keep your job, you don't. The next giveaway would probably be him giving him away to somebody. <laughs> but we'll, we'll deal with that tonight. And, of course, when you've got two guys like he and Josh on the same staff, thank God for another staff member that can kind of balance that out because you can't have any sanity, that's for sure. Bless their hearts. But uh, anyway... God's still on the throne, amen? I won't tell a lot of stuff I know, amen? Uh, not this time, anyway. Especially if you take me out to a nice place to eat. I'll keep some of the stuff I know under wraps. All right. Hey, I'm honored to be here. I really am. And, uh, and by the way, I let them have my phone back there. I usually take my phone and the keys and leave it when I get the, uh, the thing. I don't, I don't have, there's no clock in here. So I have no idea what time it is, even now. And so, uh, but I tell you what, Josh, seriously, let me borrow your watch and set it right here. I'll bring it back. If you want to, I don't have a watch, but when they come out with this new one, the new uh, iPhone iWatch, whatever it is, you can buy me one, praise God, and I'll be glad. (laughs) I'll have a watch that works. Hold on a minute. All right. I will try to get out right on time. Preacher, thank you again. It's an honor to be here. If you have your Bibles, please, let me jump right in this morning so we can not take too much time. Take your turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 13. Josh, that's in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 13. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 13. And uh, I want to share just a thought with you this morning, if I may. And uh, I will try to get you out right on time. I realize on Sunday morning with the buses and the bus captains and trying to get home and get back for the night service. I want to be very, very uh, obvious of that and try not to uh, take too much time and get you out here right on time if I can. Hebrews chapter 13. Would you stand with me, please, as I read out loud? Would you follow silently? I'm going to read just about seven or eight, nine verses here. And then, uh, <clears throat> and then I will uh, pray, and then we'll get right into the message. Notice first one. It says, Let brother." Brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as being yourself also in the body. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled with whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have, for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Remember them that have the rule over you and have spoken to you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering them their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And let's pray. Holy Spirit, I need you. Please. <clears throat> Lord, I know my voice is a little raspy. Please don't let that be a deterrent. Don't let that be a, a problem in the sermon this morning. But let the truth that I want to 
preach this morning be prevalent. Let it have uh, be preeminent and because of the fact that what I want to preach about is about you, Jesus. And so I pray you just bless now. Holy Spirit, go up and down these rows and up and down these uh, chairs. Grab a hold of the heart of every person. Start with me. Lord, we talked about having revival. Well, Lord, we're not going to have revival until we realize how great you are and turn to you and call, grab a hold of your truth. Lord, I love you and I praise you. Bless this church. Bless the invitation time. Right now, there's folks preaching, the young men and young ladies that rode in on a bus. Father, empower them and use them. God, all over this place, there's people being taught the Word of God. Bless those in the nursery right now who are taking care of our, our, the babies and the little children. Bless them, I pray. Lord, may your will be done in this service, in this revival, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Several years, in fact, in 1891, a long time ago, a man named James Naismith invented basketball. Now, we're in the March Madness last night. Uh, we had two teams yesterday that made it to the Final Four. Wasn't Ohio State, <laughs> wasn't Indiana, wasn't Tennessee. That's the only teams I care about. But uh, but anyway, but and, and there'll be two more today, and uh, sometime another day. I know two more will be making an attempt to go. One of them's Louisville, and our Louisville people are excited. Our, our most of our churches, Louisville or Kentucky, and split about halfway, and uh, so they don't like each other. They like each other in church, but not the sports, and. Uh, <laughs> They, they get after each other and so forth. But anyway, Louisville, Kentucky hopes Louisville will lose this, and Louisville hopes Kentucky loses. And so far, they've both been winning. But, you know, you get to the March Madness and all the excitement that goes with that and so forth. But the truth is it all started with James Naismith when he invented it uh, many years ago in 1891. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, 1891. What he did was he had... He was serving as an athletic director and so forth at, for a while at McGill, athletic, at McGill uh, College. And then he was training people at a uh, YMCA training school in Springfield, Massachusetts. And he wanted to have a game that they could play indoors and that they could play in a rather small area. And so he came up with this idea. He, he developed the game of basketball. Now, why don't you notice about it? There's been a lot of changes in basketball. And one of them was they started with a soccer ball. That's the first basketball. And peach baskets. That's where you get the basketball from. Put two peach baskets up and they throw the ball in and then they have to reach in and get the ball out of the peach basket. Well, when he started, there were 13 rules to the game. Boy, they have more than that now. <laughs> the ball, first of all, could be thrown in any direction with one or both hands. Well, that's still possible. Just want to make sure you throw it to your man. The ball may be bad in any direction with one or both hands, but never with a fist. Well, that's kind of changed. A player cannot run with the ball. That's still true. But the problem was then you didn't run with the ball nor dribble with the ball. You had to stop the minute you caught it and pass it. Sort of like any of you ever played Frisbee golf. You catch a Frisbee, you have to stop, and then you can't, you can't take. It's like basketball. You can't move and you've got to throw it. Well, that's the way it was. You didn't dribble anywhere. You, you, you had to, you had to uh, pass the ball wherever it went. You couldn't dribble it or run with it. That's a little bit of a change. The ball can be held between your hands, but if your arms are body, not between them. If you locked it between your arms and your body, that was, a, that was a foul. You couldn't do that. It was illegal. 
No shouldering, holding, pushing, striking, or tripping any, any way an opponent. Well, that's sort of true still, but not exactly. The first infringement of that rule was, a, uh, was counted as a foul. The second disqualified him until the next goal was made. So until the next goal was made, he couldn't play. And there was no, you didn't have a, and, and by the way, they didn't put anybody in his place either, right? No substitution for, should, shall be allowed. A foul is striking at the ball with a fist. If you hit the ball with your fist, that was a foul, right? The violations of, of the earlier rules or that rule was all fouls. If any, either side made three consecutive fouls, it shall count as a goal for the opponent. So if you foul three times, three fouls in these different ways to foul, struck the ball with your fist, shoved or pushed an opponent, or whatever. Then, uh, after three fouls were made, uh, without the opponent fouling, then uh, uh, if three consecutive, it would count toward a goal for the opponent. So they scored a basket, whether they made it or not. That was the penalty. If you foul three consecutive times without them fouling. And once they fouled, then it started all over again before you got it. All right? All right? Of course, goals were made by either by throwing or batting the ball into the basket. Then, when the ball went out of bounds, it would be thrown in the field and played by the first person to touch it. Case of dispute, then the umpire would throw the ball in himself. He threw it in. A little bit of a change there. All right? And then some of the other rules are basic same. There was two 15-minute halves with a five-minute rest between. And then, of course, but, you know, I, I was thinking about how things change. Even when I played sports back in high school, when I played basketball, and first of all, we didn't have those shorts to the knees. We had the shorts right here, baby. And you're talking about a good set of legs. I could clean the place out when I walked in. They'd go, oh, my soul. Who, you know, these legs never seen the sun, and so <laughs> it was bad. But anyway, you know, and in my office, I've got a picture of Larry Bird, and because uh, he was one of my... Not him, the Boston Celtics, so it was awesome. Since I little boy, was my favorite team. They ain't won nothing in a long time. But just, I'm, I'm not a hobby horse guy. I get on my stage. I'm still a Boston Celtic fan. But I got it up. And he got those shorts. And somebody came in here that day and they said, boy, look at them short shorts on Larry Bird. And I said, yeah, they used to wear them that short. They're immodest too, brother, I'm telling you. But uh, anyway, but what changes have taken place so much. They're constantly changing the rules, at least to some degree. And you know, it sort of kind of goes along with the way life is and the way our society is. The society's constantly changing. You remember some of you that are older like I am? Remember when we was little kids on TV? You never heard any curse words. Right. On TV, you never even saw dancing. Now they have shows dancing, dancing with the stars. I never figured out how they got the, how they got the stars down here to dance with them, but I don't you know, whatever, figure it out. All right? Okay, I know I'm being facetious. Okay. But... Dancing with, they got all kind of dancing stuff now. But then, you know, I remember when I was a little, real, uh, about the time I was born, right after I was born, is when, when, uh, when the Ed Sullivan show, when they had, uh, the Ed Sullivan show, when they had, um, um, they had the Beatles on there too, yeah. I called them the Beagles. But uh, the Beatles on there. But they had, uh, uh, who was it? They had somebody on there and they danced. I'm trying to think who it was. Oh, Elvis Presley. And Elvis Presley shook his hips back and forth. And they blacked him out because they didn't want, People will see that. I remember when they had, uh, you know, Father Knows Best and Dad slept in one bed, Mom slept in another, they were fully clothed. Now, we know good and well that didn't mean they had to sleep in separate beds, but now they show people are not married sleeping in bed together. And they're not just sleeping. 
What's happened? Our society is in a, in a constant change mode. In fact, I remember when I was a boy, we, we started out and we had the little narrow ties. Went from the narrow ties to the wider ties until finally covered, when I was a young boy, covered half my chest, man. My old tie, they, you could take, now you can take them, cut them in half and have four ties out of them. But, but you notice something? It's rotating back around and now they're going back to narrower ties. And some people wear the real narrow ones, right? We're in a constant, you know, change mode. But here's what I like. The scripture we just read to you, go back and look at your Bible with me, please. Hebrews chapter number 13, look at verse 8. Jesus Christ, the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. There's one constant that we can just take and sink our teeth into. The Lord Jesus Christ never changes. Past, present, future. Same yesterday, past, today, present, future. He's always the same, yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. In fact, one of the major attributes of God Almighty is his, what we call His immutability, which means He does not change. In fact, the Bible says in Malachi 3.6, the first part of the verse says, I am the Lord. I change not. Amen. Now, in this world of uncertainties, in this world of constant change, there's one thing we can bank on. The Lord Jesus Christ never changes. And they can say what they want to say. Boy, the big influx now. Boy, the, the big thing this morning. I walked down to the motel to the lobby there and down to the little place where they, uh, to, get, to get a little something for breakfast. And they had on. Boy, they are ripping my state, which is Indiana. I live actually in Indiana. For the law they made. The law wasn't made to, to dis... Uh, to discriminate against uh, uh, people that didn't believe the way we do. It wasn't to make any different race or any uh, choice you made about what your sexuality is. That wasn't what it's all about. It was to protect the Christians and Christian business owners who did not want to have to do things they didn't want to do and they're being forced by the government to do it. It has nothing to do with discrimination except against them but here's the thing. It's not that the world doesn't want discrimination. They don't want discrimination against anybody except for the Christians. But if you're born again, blood-washed child of the king, then it's okay to discriminate against you. And that's really what it boils down to. Boy, that's got to... Why? Because we're in a constant change mode in America and in the world. And one reason you have to change is because none of the stuff the world does works anyway. It doesn't work. You've got to find something else because that doesn't work. But there's one thing that does work. And that's a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to change because it works. And I want you to notice, if you would, this morning, I just want to share a few quick thoughts with you, if I may. When we think about change and just, I use basketball because we're into the March Madness thing to illustrate how much we've changed and how it's constantly changing. God done change. Look at verse 1. Let brother love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as being yourself also in the body. Marriage is honorable and all, in the bed and the foul, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. I want you to notice, first of all, the first thing I want you to see is this. Jesus does not change when it comes to his passion. 
His passion doesn't change. The things the Lord Jesus Christ loves now, He loved then. And He'll always love. And there's one thing He loves, and number one, He has a passion for the saints. Look, the Bible says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saints. Look, my Bible says, for God so loved the world. My Bible says that God loves us. God is love. And so one thing we know is this. Our Father, our Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ both, their passion has not changed. The passion He has for the brothers. And by the way, if we're going to be like Christ, then our passion for our brothers ought not change. By this shall all men know that you love me. Shall all men know that you love me. I'm saying it wrong. By this shall all men know you're my disciples, that you have love one for another. One of the ladies, and I think in the, in the Sunday school class that met in here, talked about how the people cared for each other. Well, that's the way it ought to be. It ought to be that way. But the sad point is, it's not. You go to churches and you've got one side that's on one, one, one thing, another side that wants something else, and they're constantly butting heads with each other. And the pastor's in the middle trying to be a referee. Look, you did not call your pastor to be a referee. You called him to be a pastor. If you've got a referee, something's wrong. shouldn't have to referee. We're not in a battle one side against another. We're on the same team. You know what amazes me? It amazes me how many preachers are at each other's throat. You know what? The sad thing is, in a neighborhood where you've got pastors right you and thank you, that doesn't happen very often. You know why? Because everybody, every pastor down the road thinks you're trying to get his people and he's trying to get yours. Look, just go where the God wants you to go. That's, that would be a great thing. And the truth is, what we have is we got, we got to tear the other guy down to make us look better. That's not love. He had a passion for the saints. I like this too. He had a passion for the strangers. Look what he says. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby, thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Boy, you know what? I appreciate the fact that y'all still believe that the bus ministry is important. That you still believe in going after people. Whether they're the kind of people that some people like or not, there's still folks that need to be reached for the gospel. And the Bible says preach the gospel to every creature. We've about lost that. We've about got to the point where our, we want our churches to be spiritual relics, you know. Put them on display so everybody sees how wonderful we are. Friends, we're nothing but a bunch of sorry, low-down sinners that deserves to go to hell. And somehow or another, Christ came and found us. And we got born again. And we got saved. And he changed our life. And that's all we are. Nothing more. Still deserve to go to hell. Still deserve to burn forever. Thank God we're not. He's patient and changed. For the saints, for the, I like this, for the strangers. How about this? For those who are suffering. Remember that they're in bonds, it's bound with them, and then would suffer adversity. Boy, let's get back to caring and having passion for those who hurt. Man, if there's one thing we miss, we miss that. We miss helping people who are hurting. All around us, there's dozens of people who hurt. In this auditorium this morning, there are people in here who have burdens, who have heartaches, who have disappointments that no one else even knows about. And their heart's breaking. And we come in and we look at them and snarl at them or snarl at them. Man, we're to be patting them on the back saying, man, I'm glad you're here this morning. 
thank you for being here. Because maybe just that pat on the back might make a difference for them. Somebody cares. Someone cares enough, cared enough to bring the truth to me, and cared enough to love me. Thank God for those who did. Let me hurry along. Second of all, he did not change his passion. His presence did not change, does not change. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things. For he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Isn't it great to know you always have the Lord Jesus Christ? You can't, look, if you're, if you're not in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not his fault. Jonah left the presence of God. Adam left the presence of God. God did not leave them. They left him. They said, well, I tried to pray, Brother Moon. It's like it hit the ceiling. Don't, don't confess your sins to me. I'm not, a, I'm not a priest. Not that way. I'm not a priest. What you ought to do is go back and step back in the presence of God. Draw nigh to God and he will cleanse your hands, your sinners, purify your hearts. See, the problem is not that he's left. It's that we left. And then we blame him. Well, it's, good. it's like God don't even hear me anymore. I'm sorry. That's not his fault. That's your fault. I like that. Notice this too. Because of his presence, he says this. Be content. I, his, his presence is my source of contentment. His presence is my source of commitment. And he committed to me, therefore I can commit to him. I won't ever leave. Let me hurry along. Number three, he didn't change. His passion doesn't change. His presence, I like his, his promise does not change. So that we may boldly say, verse six, the Lord's my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Let me say this. His promises gives us confidence. Look what he says. Boldly say, the Lord's my helper. You know why some of us struggle when we're witnessing the people and giving out the gospel? We forget that his promises are true. He said, I'll go with you. I'll never leave you. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. And so his presence and his promises causes me to have a confidence that I can boldly say, but it also gives me courage. The courage to stand. The courage to witness. I don't matter what. Well, I'm a... Well, what? Who knows what they might do to me? They just, the worst they can do for you is send you to heaven. That's the worst. So he says here, the writer says, this is my confidence. This is my courage. What? His promise. So his passion doesn't change. His president, his promise doesn't change. Watch this. His program doesn't change. Remember them which have the rule over you. By the way, you know who this is talking about in verse 7, verse 17, verse 24? The man of God. God's not changed his program. We've got a lot of churches that want to change how they deal with their pastor. And the pastor didn't know I was going to say this this morning, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. If you don't follow the man of God, you've got a problem. I'm going to say it again. If you don't follow the man of God, you've got a problem. My Bible says to remember him. My Bible says to obey him. My Bible says to salute him. I could throw an extra. The Bible says the labor is worthy of his hire. And then those who do certain things are double of, are honor of double. It's just Bible. I'm, I'm just saying it's Bible. I'm just saying it's Bible. 
And we got to the point where people think their job is to rule the pastor when really their job is to submit to the pastor and to obey him. Now, if he starts going out there and starts doing stuff off the wall, it's unscriptural. You don't follow him. If he's, Paul said, follow me even as I also follow Christ. If he quits following Christ, quits following the Word of God, it's time not to follow him. But as long as he is following the Word of God, then we ought follow him. By the way, that word rule means to guide and to lead. He's not a bully. He's leading us. He's guiding us. So the program doesn't change. Watch this. Let me hurry. Number five, his person doesn't, does not change. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. The characteristics, his characteristics do not change. Who he is and what he does has not changed. He's the same. Stability is available. Why? Because Jesus never changes. His compassion does not change. His presence, his promises, his program, his person, and his principles do not change. Verse 9, be not carried away with divers and strange doctrines. Look, we live in a world where everybody's got to, here's what they want to do. They want to take the word of God and apply it to what they want to do. Private interpretation, you know. Well, I think it means this, so I can do what I want to do. No, do what the Bible says to do. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not. This book does not change. That's why we have stability. Why? Because the Word of God does not change. What God said yesterday is still true today. And what God says today is still true tomorrow. God does not change. And the Word of God says, look, if right is right and wrong is wrong, just like it was wrong yesterday, it's wrong today and it'll be wrong tomorrow. If it was right yesterday, it'll be right today and it'll be right tomorrow. God does not change. What we live in a world where everybody wants to change what God says. Look, it's the Word of God. You can try to change it, but it's not going to work. God's Word is holy. God's Word is pure. God's Word is true. And the principles of the Word of God do not change. What we need to do is get back to obeying what the Bible says. It's not the Bible we have a problem with. It's our lack of obedience. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 4, the Bible says, The gospel is preached unto them as well as to us, but the word preached did not profit them. Not being mixed with faith. They didn't obey. They didn't apply what God said. And that's what's wrong with most, most of us as Christians. We don't apply what God says to our life. If you're sitting here, look, for years, I sat in the church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revival Sunday morning, Sunday night, when Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. And I still wasn't saved because I never mixed the faith of what I heard. And there may be people singing this morning's heard the gospel numerous times, but you've never been born again, never been saved. Because you haven't mixed faith with what you heard. The Bible is a powerful book, but it's not going to mysteriously save you. You've got to put your faith and trust in what Jesus said. The Holy Spirit uses the Word of God to bring us to conviction to ask Christ to save us and trust Him. His principles do not change. God said it yesterday. 
It's still true today. Look, people make excuses why they lie, for example. Well, I had to because. Okay, then what did God say when he said, Thou shalt not lie? Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Did God really mean that when it was written? Excuses, well, I didn't have a choice. Oh, everybody has a choice. It's just which choice you take. You choose. And what we've done is we have soft-soaked, soft-pedaled, if you would, or whatever, the Word of God, and we've said, look, because of the deceitfulness of sin, we've deceived ourselves into thinking it's okay to do stuff wrong because it's not so bad anymore. Watching vulgarity, it's not as bad as it used to be. Using dirty language is not as bad as it used to be. No, it's just as bad today as it was a long time ago. Amen. My mother would wash my mouth out with soap if I said that. Then why are you saying it now? Amen. Telling dirty jokes off in the corner of the, of the break room is just as wrong today as it was then. And it'll be just as wrong tomorrow as it is today. Because Jesus Christ doesn't change. See, his principles don't change. His passing doesn't change. His presence doesn't change. His promises doesn't change. His program doesn't change. And last of all, his provision does not change. Look what he said in verse number 12. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. You know what? He provided through the suffering and the sacrifice. I like it. If you take your Bibles, you're there in Hebrews. Back up to chapter 9. Let me just read a couple of verses and I'll hurry here. Look at chapter 9 and for sake of time, I'll leave some verses out. Verse 21, Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of ministry. And almost by all things of the law, uh, by the law purged with blood. But without shedding of blood is no, rem no remission. It was therefore necessary that the pattern of things in the heavens should be purified with him. But the heavenly things themselves were better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but in the heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. How about that? He appeared in the presence of God for us. Well, his, his presence is a work of a priest. Praise God. I like this. Well, by the way, in verse 20, I find his, his former work as a prophet. Now as a priest, praise be unto God. In verse 28, he's going to do his work as a king, prophet, priest, and king. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but let me back up. All right, verse 25. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as high priest enter into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifices of himself. And it's appointed a man once to die, but after this judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And to them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin and salvation. And that's when he's coming back as the king of kings. Listen to me a minute. The same thing that saved people yesterday is the same thing that saves people today. And the same things that save people in the future. I didn't get saved by keeping the law. I got saved by trust in Christ. In fact, I can prove to you that the Old Testament saints got saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel is preached in them as well as in us. Verse I just quoted a while ago. I can go over to Acts and show you that the gospel was preached to them. Well, what's the gospel? It's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 through 4. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the good news. They heard the good news too. I heard the good news. 
And anybody that gets saved is going to have to do it through the good news. What is it? The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Praise be unto God. We all get saved the same way. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, our Savior. God's provision has not changed, nor will it change. It's through the blood. It's only the blood that saves my soul. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that saves us. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that keeps us safe. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that covers my sin. And thanks be unto God when I bowed my head and I said yes to Jesus Christ. As an 18-year-old young man, the blood of Jesus Christ covered all my sin. Past, present, and future. Covered them all. Covered them all. Covered them all. Thanks be unto God, His provision does not does not, does not change. And that same way I got saved, when I take a track or I go out and knock on a door and I open to share the gospel, that same person that bows his head gets saved the same way I did. And praise be to God, they can have eternal life just like I got eternal life. Just by saying yes to Christ. Boy, because I have an unchanging God, you know what I ought to do? Here's what I ought to do. Look at verse number 22. I'm sorry. We'll back up to verse number uh, 15. For by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Continue. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. As a result of my unchangeable God, my unchangeable Savior, our lips should be praising and pleasing to God. Where is our gratitude? Where is our thankfulness for the fact that we're born again? We're blood-washed child of the King. How many times in the last week have you just raised your voice to Almighty God and said, Thank you, I'm saved. Thank you, I'm saved. Thank you, I'm saved. You know, most people don't even do it. That's why they walk around with the seat of their pants dragging their tracks out all the time. <laughs> Life is hard. Well, look, buddy, you could be in hell right now. That's a whole lot worse than what you're going through now. Amen. But praise be to God. I got saved. I got saved. I got saved. And I'm heaven bound. It's about time some Christians woke up and realized they're really saved. Jesus didn't just give you life. He gave you eternal life, never-ending life, forever and ever and ever and ever. I got saved. Why in God's dear name don't I raise my voice and say, Thank you, Jesus. Most Christians never do it. But look what he said. Look what he said. Let me read it again. But by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. How often? Continually. We've lost it as Christians. We don't even praise God for His goodness anymore. God's been so good. We don't even, we don't even tell Him. How would you feel if you'd done all that for somebody and never even said, well, thanks. Our lips should be praising. Watch this. Our life should be profitable and pleasing to God. Verse 17. Obey them how to rule over you and submit yourselves. For the watch for your souls, they may give an account that they may do it with joy. Watch this. And not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. Not for them. For you. I want to be profitable. Pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. But I beseech you, brethren, do this rather. I'm sorry. You re- the rather to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. Now, the God of peace... That brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. 
make you perfect. That's mature. Make you perfect in every good work to do His will. Working in you that which is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. Our lips should be praising Him, which will be pleasing to God, and our lives should be profitable, which will be pleasing to God. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you profitable to Christ? Are you a profitable Christian? Are you just a Christian saved by the skin of your teeth? It just hangs on. God wants us to be profitable. He wants us to mature. And the problem in most churches is a lot of Christians haven't learned to be mature. They're still babies. Sometimes somebody said, well, you hurt my feelings. Get over it. We've gone into this whole thing over the whole world where you can't give them grades because it would make them look bad. Really? We should have thought of that when I was in school. (laughs) I had to go home and explain some of those grades to my mom and daddy. Help us, Jesus. If you made an A, you made it. If you didn't, you didn't. They're going to be judged the rest of their life. What's wrong with giving you a grade now? Say, I don't agree with that. Well, I don't know why you wouldn't. You know, there's three ways people are motivated to serve God. Number one, through fear. Our God's a consuming fire. Number two, through reward. Watch this now. Given it shall be given unto you. People can do it for what they get out of it. That's not necessarily wrong. And then the Bible says, if you love me, keep my commandments. The first level is a baby Christian says, I, I got to do this because I don't want to get killed. I, I got to do what's right. A more mature Christian says, hey, I, I can get something out of this. But a mature Christian says, it doesn't matter what I get out of it. I just do it because I love Jesus. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I just love Jesus. Whatever he wants, that's what I want. Now, you're here this morning. Jesus does not change when it comes to salvation. If you're not saved, you can get saved this morning. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. No one's looking around. Heads are bowed.